Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Lots to talk to you about today. Want to talk a little bit about Christmas, Christmas shopping, Christmas traditions. Uh, also, a little more about fake news. The um, the new Secretary of State could be the former president of Exxon. We'll talk about that. And what the Fed is planning on doing this week could affect your bank account. In a big way, possibly. Chris Martinson from Peak Prosperity joins us right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, as I'm reading the news, um, China uh, is being negotiated. I mean, I want to put the good spin on this. Um, uh, Donald Trump is obviously negotiating with China, um, and China has responded saying it's the the one China policy will not be a part of any negotiation. And if you want to threaten us with that, all negotiations and future partnership will be over. Um, They're taking a hardline stand, and so is Donald Trump. It's kind of a white knuckle. Uh, kind of thing, quite honestly. Um, Russia is now our new best friend, and the Russian ruble is going through the roof. Oil is starting to go up, and this week we are expecting the Fed to raise interest rates. And Chris Martinson is uh, here. He is with peakprosperity.com. He is a guy who I think really understands the economy and and um, and understands the history of the the currency war and the gold standard and trade and can kind of help explain because I think we're going to need a real basis uh, of uh, of history and knowledge to be able to talk our friends down from a crazy tree in the coming months and years. Chris, welcome to the program. How are you? Glenn, I'm doing very well. It's a real pleasure to be back with you and all your listeners. So tell me, um, Chris, what you're thinking the Fed is going to do this week and how it's going to affect us. Well, they're going to have to raise rates because they're behind the curve here. The Fed cares about their credibility as much as anything. Remember, we have a lot of academics sort of at the helm in the Fed. And, and of course, to them, credibility is (laughs) like the most important thing to preserve. So they have to raise and it's a very weird environment to be raising rates in. It's certainly created a lot of boost to the dollar. Uh, the dollar strengthened a lot lately. 
uh, but we're seeing uh, a lot of uh, strengthening in the price of oil as well, and a lot of signs, Glenn, of weakening in the overall global economy, the stock market notwithstanding. Uh, the trade data is, is looking iffy. Okay, so if the dollar, if we raise um, the interest rates, um, that will um, boost the dollar. And if we boost the dollar, that actually hurts the job front at home and hurts prices at uh, home, right? Well, yes, except for the, the prices at home. Um, you, and typically, if the dollar's stronger, we'd be able to buy, I don't know, BMWs okay. cheaper. Um, okay. So, so we have that side. But a rising dollar is not good for corporate uh, profits in the United States. A little over 40% of all revenues from U.S. companies are derived not in the United States, from overseas. So, uh, and it makes, uh, it makes it harder for other countries to buy our products because our dollar is stronger and them coming over here and, and buying our products, is it's more expensive. Right. So typically what happens when your currency gets stronger, your trade, your exports go down and your imports start to go up uh, because you can afford more from other people. They can afford less of your stuff. That is the substance of the charge that... Donald Trump has put against China is that they're a currency manipulator, by which he means they're keeping their currency much weaker than it should be, because if the Chinese currency strengthened, then their exports would slow down, their imports would rise, that would help to balance things. So right. that's his, his charge and, there. And it would be good if we didn't have an imbalance and everything else, like you know uh, what it costs to employ people here in America, if we could even get close on that um, level with China, which we could never. They, they employ slaves. Um, but it, it's good for the person that's walking into Walmart and buying their stuff for the Chinese dollar to be, or the Chinese yuan to be um, low and have them devalue. But it's really bad on jobs because they're not buying any of our stuff. Yeah, very little of it. Um, so it's a ba- so it's a balance. This is a ver- what I'm trying to get to is trade and the devaluing or the raising of interest rates, especially in an economy our fra- as fragile as ours is, is really a very nuanced and delicate dance. And you play it wrong, and the thing spirals out of control. Well, that's exactly right. And and this should be termed, I think, as much as anything, the age of imbalances. So we're talking about an imbalance of trade between China and the United States, but there are similar imbalances that exist within the Eurozone, with uh, Italy needing a lot more money than it's got and and Germany sort of providing it, and then, uh, air quotes here, balancing it out by creating these massive imbalances in their uh, central banking system inside the country. These things have all been building for a really long time, Glenn. And I think if we had to, if we wanted to put our finger on something, we would say August 15th, 1971, when the United States abandoned the gold standard for the world, that's really where all of this started. And these imbalances are enormous now. Well, that's when we all decided we wanted a life we couldn't afford. So the United States did that. But the, we convinced the rest of the world that we'll continue to buy your stuff so it'll be good for you. Um, but we all said, all of us, we want more stuff than we can afford if we base our dollar or our currencies on gold. Is that accurate? 
It is because gold provides a, a set of restraints that you just can't get around. And if you can't get around those restraints, well, sometimes you get to live beyond your means, but very soon thereafter, you have to live below your means. The world collectively kind of said, we don't like that below our means part. How can we just forever live above our means? That's how these imbalances got started. And it's a very human thing, Glenn. We've seen this so many times in history. And here we are again. So we are worried now if the Fed raises the interest rates, that would indicate that they are worried more about inflation than deflation. And deflation is is bad um, because everything is is worthless and um, becomes um, so cheap. You would think that this is really good, but I'm trying to figure out why it is really bad, and it is. Why is deflation something that they're trying to uh, stay away from at the Fed? Well, this is a, a more subtle argument because, you know, the way it's presented to us in the newspapers is that inflation is rising prices and deflation is falling prices. And I can't find anybody who says, well, what's wrong with falling prices? I love buying stuff cheaper, right? Unless you're, unless you're selling your house. Well, unless you're selling your house, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, but generally speaking, if you're buying a house, you'd prefer to buy one that's cheaper rather than more yes. expensive. So, yes. so everybody I talk to says, look, I like falling prices. That's not what the Fed is targeting when it's worried about deflation. They have a different thing they're worried about where prices rising or falling are the symptoms, but the cause is what they're concerned about. And the cause is either our credit markets are expanding or they're contracting. When they're expanding, which gives us inflation, everything kind of works. You know, governments can continue to run deficits and big banks can do crazy dumb things. And it all seems to work out the opposite, though, Glenn. When credit is falling, that's also known as 2009 in the United States. It is deeply scary. What works in forward doesn't work at all in reverse. The whole system shudders and threatens to collapse. It's a really scary moment. So we have a system that either expands... Wait, 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 wait. Is that because... What I have is collateral is no longer worth as much, so I can't get credit, or, or why is that? Well, let's take a simple example. We're, we just have a bank, you and I, and all we're doing is making real estate loans. And we're, we're you know, taking in $1 and basically loaning $9 more back out because that's how our system operates. And we loan those $9 out to somebody who's bought a house. And if, if that house goes up in value, that person will be able to sell that house service that mortgage before they do, and maybe buy a bigger house, and we'll loan them nine more dollars. And expanding is easy. But as soon as that person can't sell that house for what we've loaned the money to them to, then all they have to lose is one dollar out of that nine that we loan them, and our entire capital stock of of our business, our bank, is now wiped out. So you can't have even tiny, tiny contractions in the credit system without really impairing and sometimes destroying the banking system itself. And that's what the Fed cares about. Because let's remember, the Federal Reserve is not really federal. It's a private entity. It's got a charter from from the U.S. government, and it operates a very nice monopoly. But its first set of clients always is the banks. So if the banking system's happy and expanding, the Fed's happy. Okay, so they're not worried about uh, deflation. They're worried about the bank. But by doing what they've done, they are throwing caution to the wind by printing $7 trillion worth of currency, never been done before in the history of the world, and expecting that hyperinflation won't happen. 
How can we have printed that much money and not had the problem of the Weimar Republic? What's the difference? The difference is that today we have these really uh, so-called robust financial markets. So I was just at a wealth conference on uh, Monday of last week, and that question was asked, hey, where's this inflation? Well, it's in the financial markets. We see highly, highly inflated stock and bond markets. We see inflated real estate markets, especially on the top end. Now, Glenn, who got that money when the Fed printed all those trillions? Well, it kind of went to the upper 0.1%. So guess what? Buying a Gulfstream 650 is a very expensive proposition, uh, high-end art, uh, very large diamonds. These things all went up extraordinarily in price. So we have seen the beginnings of inflation. It just didn't show up in eggs and milk this time because the Fed didn't print and give it to people. They printed and gave it to a financial system. So, so can, is, that, feel, is that a savior for us? Well, it's, I think it's provided temporary appearance of relief. But when those rich people, when those concentrations of money decide, I don't want another Gulfstream 650, I'm worried about the value of the currency, all of that currency rushes through what are very tiny little doors trying to get into real stuff again and away from paper stuff. And that's why um, real estate, that's why art, I mean, I mean I, I've looked at the art, we just sold, I think, one of the most expensive paintings ever, um, again, was like $85 million for one piece of art. And I, I explain that as the people at the very top have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. They know that everything is overvalued, but it's like looking at a, uh, looking at a, uh, at a at a, um, uh, a bill at a very nice restaurant that didn't have any prices on the on the on the menu, and you're looking at the bill and you're thinking, "How the hell did we get here?" Well, I've got to make the broccoli now thirty five dollars a head because I've already priced the meat so far out that it's got to we got the broccoli is looking like a deal, and so. <laughs> So the art is looking like a deal at, at even at $85 million compared to where everything else is overpriced. Is that accurate, do you think? It is. It's, it's what happens when too much money is printed and put into a market. Things get crazy priced. And so, we saw that for tulips in the 1600s in Holland, and we've seen it with uh, pieces of swampland in Florida. We've seen it over and over again. And the bubbles always have the same self-reinforcing mental map on the way up. It makes sense. People so, are like, well, the last guy paid $79 million, I paid 85 Somebody surely is going to pay me $100 million for this piece of art. That's all self-reinforcing on the way up, and we don't know why, but eventually there's a pin that that, that bubble finds, and when it bursts, then you discover what the true value of things is, and Chris, things go you, down very quickly. At you that talk to people in your business. You talk to people, and I have. This is the reason why you work for me on these things now, because... I couldn't find somebody like you. Uh, everybody in your business will say, it's, oh, the, we have systems now and it's not going to be that way and they don't have to worry about those things. No one will tell you what you're saying to me, that this is going to burst and it's going to be ugly. Well, you know, it, if it's not going to burst, we have to, uh, we have to believe in the four most dangerous words in human investing history, which is this time... It's, it's different. different. It's not different. It's never different. I'm seeing the exact same psychology, rationalizations, um, post facto rationalizations that people make. Oh, here's why that. Here's why we had this Trump rally. You know, 
to me, it's, it's much easier to understand where we are if you see that we've got a very scared set of central planners. They've worked themselves into a multi-decade corner. They don't know what to do, so they print. And you can find this story in Roman times. You can find it in the first Every uh, paper money in China. You can find it all through history, and it boils down to this, Glenn. It's very simple. Humans would much rather um, take a little risk today instead of some pain today in the hopes that things turn out better in the future. Real, we always go down the same path. Real quick, I only have 30 seconds. Are, 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 are we going to see um, a, a, a hyperinflation situation like the Weimar Republic? Or do you think we're going to see that? If so, we're going to see in the next four years? We're going to see it at some point. It could come at any time. It will happen at some point. And I think that the best quote on this comes from Ludwig von Mises. He's an Austrian economist. And he said, there's no means of avoiding the final collapse of a boom brought about by credit expansion. The alternative is only whether the crisis should come sooner as the result of a voluntary abandonment of further credit expansion or later as a final and total catastrophe of the currency system involved. Chris, thank you very much. Peakprosperity.com. Um, and uh, Chris explains all of this and can help you through it and everything else. Peakprosperity.com. Chris Martinson, uh, thank you for being on. And we're going to have Chris in studio with us um, hopefully uh, several times next year to kind of really lay things out because I, I want to show you what's coming and show you how the whole system works. Um, and Chris is going to be instrumental um, in that. Now this. Are you looking for something to bring your family together around the table this Christmas? How was your Thanksgiving? Did anybody have a bad Thanksgiving where people were talking politics? No, I did not. No, yeah, no. We isolated ourselves. We didn't have anybody over for Thanksgiving. So well, that's one way to do it. Yeah, it is. So we just didn't. But this Christmas, we've got a whole bunch of people coming over and, uh, and don't want to talk about it. And there's, there are families that are at each other's throat. You want a way to get together and just laugh and talk, and when things get maybe a little uncomfortable, pull this out. It's called Say Anything. <clears throat> the logistics of the holidays and the last year, things just weigh you down. Say Anything is a game that will bring your family together at the table, and you'll all be laughing and having a good time and not talking about the things that separate you, but bring the family together. It's called Say Anything. While you're shopping, get Say Anything as a gift for your family. Gather around the table and laugh together. It's called Say Anything. You'll find it at Target, Toys R Us, and Barnes & Noble, of course, online. It is Say Anything. The Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. We the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. I heard the bell 
listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here with us. Um, Pat and I are on our way to uh, Haiti this week um, to bring Christmas to about 200 children in Haiti. Um, these are the children that you rescued from the sex slave industry uh, over the last three years um, from your donations to um, rescue our children, Operation Underground Railroad. And um, we're so grateful and we want to show you the fruits of your labor. So we're going to go and uh, hopefully we'll have something posted before Christmas. But it is, um, we're going to go there and meet some of the families and the children that you rescued um, and bring them some Christmas cheer. They've been in rehabilitation for about two years now and life is not easy in Haiti. That's this week you're going? Yeah, yeah. You know, the one that I invited you to go. And <laughs> it is this week. too dangerous. Yes, we got it. I didn't think it was, yeah. doing it was this, this week. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I could make it. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard it looking sure at these no question. children. But, and they've been, but these are the ones, you know, they've been in, in, in rehab and they're building, trying to get their lives back together and believing. So, I mean, it, it'll be, they'll be in a... Yeah, some of them place. still, you know, looking to be adopted and in foster care, et cetera, et cetera. And that's pretty scary. Some of them are in orphanages because their parents are the ones who sold them right. into the sex slave. Yeah. The business is horrible, just horrible. Um, but pray for them and all of those that are being held against their will all over the world. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. tell you a just a incredible story from Tennessee six foot frame 310 pounds his name is Eric Schmidt Matson, and if I could show you a picture of him you would say this is Santa he's uh Pure white beard. I mean, the Santas are not the Santas that we used to have growing up. The days, the days of those fake white beards are over. On Santa's helpers, yeah, those are, those days are gone. Yeah, uh, the Santa's helpers now look just like Santa himself. The, I'm sorry, what? Santa's helpers that they use, you know, in the malls. You're right. Oh, yes. Just You're right. like the real Santa. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. You'd see, I mean, it is, it's really not, cool. I mean, when you were growing up, Santa's helpers were not. No. no they were just helping. They were, they were, they were, and they weren't convincing. You could no. tell they were just helpers because yes. like, you, what is that? Is that you're wearing like a, a cotton swab beard? What is that? Right. So he won um, the Just for Men hair products company 
2016 national contest for beard and mustache. And if you see him, it is an amazing beard. Amazing beard. Um, He was born on December 6th. Anybody know why December 6th is important? Is it right just before September or December 7th and right after December 5th? Incredible day. Incredible day. Day before Pearl Harbor? (laughs) No. So tomorrow, tomorrow, watch his story because tomorrow's his story is on St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas Day is December 6th. Okay. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. the day that the real St. Nicholas died. Um, I was going to say, you didn't even give me a chance. All you did was let those two. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know. I'm sorry, Jeffy. You're not sorry. But everybody knew you had the answer. Okay. We didn't even worry about it. So he... um, uh, he waits for Christmas, and he plays Christmas 80 gigs a year and, you know, works at the mall and everything else. And he was um, to be in Nashville, and uh, he, got a, um, he got a phone call. He had just gotten home from work, and his phone rings, and uh, it was a nurse that works at a local hospital. And she said, there is a very sick five-year-old boy who wants to see Santa Claus. And he said, great, I will be right there. Let me change into my outfit. And she said, don't. There's not enough time. Your red suspenders that you always wear will be enough. Come right away. So... He was at the hospital in 15 minutes. He met the boy's family and mom. And um, they came out in the hallway and they explained that he was very, very sick and was on the doorway to death. And um, he said, okay, everybody in the family, unless you cannot cry, you can't go in there. Because I've got to be jolly. And if you start crying, I will start crying and it'll be over. So he had brought the boy a present, a small little present. And, um, and it was wrapped. And um, he said... Um, I'm going to go in, stay here in the hall. They left the door open. He went in, and this little boy was um, so sick. Um, He said he was so weak, he just looked like he was ready to fall asleep. And um, he came in, and he sat down on the edge of the kid's bed, And he looked at him and he said his eyes opened up wide. And he said, so what is it I'm hearing about you missing Christmas this year? You can't miss Christmas. You're my number one elf. And the little boy looked up and tried to sit up in bed. And he said, I am? He said, of course you are. And the elves and I brought you a present. And he handed the boy the present, but 
he was so weak he couldn't really even open the gift wrapping, but saw that there was something from his favorite TV show inside, and he flashed a big smile. And Santa just sat there with him for a while, and he said, the little boy, they say I'm going to die. How am I going to know when I get to where I'm going? How, how am I going to know that I'm there? This amazing man sat there. I can't imagine. How would you answer that? He sat there on the edge of the bed and he said, Will you do me a big favor? When you get there, you just tell them that Santa said, You're my number one elf. And they will let you in. little boy looked at him and said really you're sure he said yes he sat up and tried to give Santa a hug and as he was sitting up he just looked at Santa and said can you help me Santa reached down and scooped this little boy up into his arms and wrapped his arms around him and died in Santa's arms. He said he could feel him go limp and he couldn't move. He just sat there and held this little boy until mom, who was watching outside of the door, realized that her son had passed and came in sobbing, saying, No, 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 not yet, not now. This man is a former army ranger and said that he got out of the room as fast as he could, let the family have their privacy, and he had a hard time driving home through the tears. And when he got home, he looked at his wife, who spends her time being Mrs. Claus, a guy who has his ringtone, jingle bells. A guy who is Santa to kids year-round. And said, Honey, I can't do it another day. I can't be this man. She convinced him to do just one more Santa date. This is what happens if you're married to a great spouse. They know. 
she knew. He went into a school and all the kids saw him and he was Santa and there was nothing but joy. And he has kept all of his holiday dates this year since. You know, when we serve people, we think they're the ones who are going to get something out of it. And in rare occasion, that's true. Pat's mother-in-law is ill and living with them. And we have a good friend that we all had dinner with on Friday night that has had one of the most tragic stories. We've told you about him before. He's stage four cancer and just one of the most hopeful and giving men I've ever seen and works in the nursery at the school with the children. And when you see him, he can barely move because of the cancer that is all coursing through his body. Recently, he was put into an experiment where They were going to use things like the bubonic plague and the AIDS virus and take out the guts of that and put in a cancer-fighting agent inside and try to attack the cancer using some of these deadly diseases. And it's a horrible, horrible experiment. Although it's it's actually healed some people. Yeah. And And when you are... When you have the other option. And he had gone through a surgery to get prepared for this study. He had done all kinds of stuff off of chemo for six months. Um, and getting sicker and sicker and more and more in pain. But waiting for this experiment. And it was supposed to start a couple of weeks ago. And um, he got there. And his blood work wasn't just right. Had to go all the way down to Houston. One more test before they start the treatment. He was actually there for the treatment, and he was, I think, early, and they said, let's just run this test. And um, his blood work wasn't right, and um, he was told flatly and coldly, oh, you no longer qualify. And he said, wait, because of my triglycerides? And she said, yep, they're up too high. And he said, well... Okay, well, give me... Give me a chance to get them down. Give, give me a month and I'll, I'll get them back down. And she said, nope, it had to start today. And he looked at her and said, you realize you're pronouncing upon me a death sentence. I, I'm, it's too far gone now. You know that I... It's a death sentence for me. And him and his wife went out and they held it together until they got to the car and they both sat and cried. And then he said he remembered a blessing that he had received that said that if a treatment was available that would make things worse for him, he would suddenly be kicked out 
of that treatment. And he said, I was overwhelmed with joy. And Pat and I sat at dinner and we both, without saying it, thought I know the same thing. This is one of the greatest men and women I have ever met in my life. The power of their faith. Yesterday, Pat's mother, who is sick. My mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, a group uh, of people came and, and sang for her, sang Christmas carols. And he's standing outside, one of them, singing. to. He's got stage four cancer and has had for a couple of years now. Singing to my mother-in-law. Christmas carols. Wishing her well. Incredible. This, he's just an incredible person. We are blessed to live at a time when life is really brutal for some and really brutal all around the world. But we get the chance to see the best of life and the miracles in life, should we choose to look at them. Now this... Good night's sleep. On your worst day, there is nothing quite like the healing power of a comfortable bed. How many times do you say to yourself, I just have to make it to bed. I'm just getting up so I can get my stuff done and I can go back to bed. Try your Casper mattress out because you'll say that on good days. You'll be like so comfortable. You'll be like, I just want to get back here. Um, Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, not only because of that, but because they've changed the way you buy a Casper and made it so affordable that there's, I mean, this is the best, this is the best mattress. It's changing everything. Casper mattress, try it in your home for a hundred nights. You're going to be shocked at the price of the best mattress you've ever slept on. Try it for 100 nights. If you don't like it, they refund every single penny of your money and and return it and pick it up for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Offer code is Becky. Get $50 off at Casper.com. Go there now. Casper.com. Offer code Beck. Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. Ah, uh, Christmas. So, um, Carly Fiorina is um, looking at um, a job with Donald Trump. What is, is she, Director of National Security? Intelligence? Director of National Intelligence? Like yeah, National Intelligence. I, you know what? The more good people we can get around him, the happier I am. I am uh, not happy with this yeah. Rex Tillerson thing. Uh, as if that's who he's going to pick for the Secretary of State, a guy who loves Vladimir Putin is is convinced he's a good guy, does all kinds of deals with him. You know, I appreciate his expertise, but um, not when it comes to Russia. I'm happy if Carly can be in. The more good people that we trust around him, the better. This is. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.